0: Hello friends and family members, I'm coming to you with a burden on my heart on this 14th of November, 2010. About a week ago, I was meditating on the Lord in John 11, 47 through 48. This is right after uh, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. Uh, to glorify the Father in himself. And the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered together and were concerned. This, these are those scriptures. So the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered the council and said, What are we to do? For this man performs many signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him. And the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. And this also goes along with another strong passage the Lord started adding to the burden when looking at America was Acts four seventeen. But in order that and that quotes, but in order that it may spread no further among the people, let us warn them to speak no more to anyone in this name. The context for the Acts verse was right after Peter and John just were used by God to cause the lame, that lame man, who sat at the uh, temple, one of the temple gates, to rise up in Jesus' name, and all the people started glorifying God. And the question the Lord put upon my heart was, and I'm gonna put a uh, topic to this was why do the religious leaders today and they do so today as they did then why do the religious leaders and those kind of believers as referred to in first Corinthians chapter 3 why do they hate Jesus so much and I seems it's kind of ironic that they'll teach God's Word which is about Jesus but really they don't you know, they reject Jesus Himself. And and looking at these three verses, it kinda reminds me of myself before a believer. We want to hear of Jesus and go to church and go to religion. You know, sit under religion, sit under somebody's teachings, but we want the flesh to be very much involved. And what does Jesus ask of us? We have to die to ourselves. The Pharisees and those kind of believers are ready to die themselves yet they want another Jesus which we all know there is no other Jesus the flesh depending upon when we come to Christ has spent a lot of time ruling and directing our paths and then when we meet Jesus at the cross the foot of the old rugged cross here we are we're hearing the flesh had been crucified And I think that's for us that God has pricked our hearts and got us to the place where it's no more about us but it's all about Him. We've realized that we can't have it both ways. We're either going to believe Jesus with all our heart, soul, strength and mind and let Him rule and be Lord all of us and order our steps in His word. Or we're going to let the flesh rule. When you think born again, that means the seed died within us. That seed is the word of God. must die in order for it to bear fruit. In order to die, it literally takes over the entire ground. Uh, Even now as I'm speaking this, these words are going to be jumbled. I can feel the Holy Spirit rising up inside of me. Putting the burden and just reminding me of myself that none of us can speak Jesus in our own strength. None. There is not a man, woman out there that can speak the name of Jesus in our own strength. It's never happened. Uh, Peter tried it. We've seen how many times he messed up uh, until he was completely sold out at the day of Pentecost, and the Holy Spirit overtook him. Uh, and that's the same with us, brothers and sisters. Do we, we have to determine this day, and I have to determine faithfully every day. Do we want to be like the priests and Pharisees? who, um, If we look at uh, the warning Jesus gave about the Pharisees and the scribes and the teachers in Mark 12, 38, beware of the scribes who like to walk around along long robes and like greetings in the marketplace. Actually, I think that verse probably goes into 39 and have the best seats in the synagogue, and in a place of honor and feast, who devour widows' houses, and for pretense make long prayers, they will receive the greater condemnation. Um, do we want to uh, have the place of honor? Do we want our names to be exalted? Or do we want only the Lord Jesus to be exalted? I don't know about you, brothers and sisters, but I no longer want my name. I don't want to speak in my name. It loathes me when I speak, when I even let my actions go before me I want it to be all the Lord Jesus and I don't want uh, any of me in there because I'm just I'm just a sinner that's saved by the grace of God and I praise God for it as I meditated further on these scriptures I mean we see warnings Isaiah 29 and then Jesus Himself, in Matthew 15, starting in 15:7, you know, paraphrased the whole you know, those the, the Isaiah 29 passage, and the Lord said, because this people draw near with their mouth and honor me with their lips, while their hearts are far from me, and their fear of me is a commandment taught by men. And then Jesus reiterated that same one during His time upon the earth. So here there's one prophecy being fulfilled through Jesus, and even this day we see so many people, so many of our brothers and sisters that we know from church uh, that do the same thing that honor the Lord with their mouth and then if we actually go out to lunch with them or dinner with them uh, or hang out with them, we watch their actions, their actions don't always fall, and I'm not those and I'm not talking about those times. When we all fall short of the glory, because we're going to do that. Who knows? Only God knows how many times a day. You, know, we get, we can get so weary the number of times we fall. I'm not talking that one. I'm talking about people that literally, like Jesus is talking about here, like the Father is talking about here, uh, who would just praise Jesus, jump up and down, whooping holler, uh, with a worship band in uh, music but their everyday lifestyle they're not even trying to fear the Lord in a walk I mean that fears me when we look around this nation um and around those that call themselves Christians I mean I love this nation so much and I pray for her dearly you know we know this nation was ordained by God it was set up initially um he delivered us from religion when we came out of you know, England, basically, and what do we do? We embrace religion right again, and there is not a one of us that's we earshot that's alive that um right now that knows we've basically gone back into religion. <coughs> Excuse me um, and what God is looking for is looking for that remnant that generation who is tired of the religion. And wants the relationship again. And that relationship will come with a cost. We will be hated. You know, those that are in religion, they're not hated. They're not hated by the people. They're not hated by the world. They may be hated by, say, other religions or atheists, which is a form of religion, but they're, they're really not hated because there's no threat. Even the enemy doesn't, for the most part, hate. Religion, because it's not a threat to his his temporary domain upon the earth. The unsafe you think, but religion is not a threat. We've even your know, religion is perverted prayer, which has been on my heart. I mean, I'm trying to get myself back, and that's a hard river to flow back upstream to get back to where. I'm supposed to be, and we're supposed to be. We've even perverted prayer. We've changed prayer to just interceding for others, and that's not a bad thing. But prayer is literally communicating with our Heavenly Father. Communication is two ways. And when we're sitting in the throne room of God, we should be doing more listening than praying. I want to hear what the Father, I don't know about y'all, but I want to hear more of what the Father has to say because His words are more important. He already knows my words. He already knows what's on my heart because He put it there. And the same with y'all. I says we need to get back to what prayer was intended to be. Communicating with our Heavenly Father through Christ Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's going to be Probably more listening because we have two ears and one mouth. I definitely knew that, and I covered your prayers for that. And the church of God needs to get back to that. That's where the power of God works. The Pharisees have missed that. Pharisees have let that go because they want their names And the priests and the religious leaders, they want their name lifted up. They've gotten used to that leadership position. They haven't been servant leaders. You know, we've, all to, we've all had positions of leadership. And we've all worked under leaders in the secular world. And we know what those leaders... Are. Those leaders just want to demand of us, but most of them don't know the actual positions that they're leading. The Pharisees, in the same way, they've lost it. That's why many of them... That's why Jesus... And the Father had to blind their ears and eyes because they re- initially rejected their ma- the Messiah. So as we ponder that, as we ponder these words, other scriptures look what Jesus, look how Jesus lovingly tried to correct the Pharisees and the leaders and the religious leaders in Matthew 23. You know, that you know, that's a long precept that will go on forever. I'm not going to read it all. I encourage you to read it yourselves. It's just like, but the in verse 12 starts out, "Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted." And then jumps on a picture. But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. For you neither enter yourselves, nor allow those who would enter. To go into. Every religion in America has done not in America, the world has done that. I mean every Christian that claims to be Christian religion I should say. They have put a man or woman in control and taking Jesus out of that place. They were put there to be vessels to point people towards the cross of Christ in the gospel of Jesus Christ. But once they got there. They put themselves there. They enjoyed that leadership position. Yes the father can remove leaders. And does do it. But many people will follow that leader. And go with them. And many people have done it. I've witnessed it in the inner city. When they reject the counsel of God. The word of God. The counsel of God is not humans. Humans that claim they're appointed by God they may or may not be that's not for me or us to decide that's only God decides but the counsel of God is the word of God he still has to be the first and foremost the Pharisees have lost that and by doing that they put the, by putting themselves in that leadership position and trying to stay there they become a stumbling block for those entering into the kingdom of heaven and we ourselves can easily fall for that one when God entrusts us with that position. And that scares me every single day. Every every time I speak, I spoke with a brother in Christ for lunch just today, the 14th, when I was asking them about the doctrine of the church that you know I'm currently sitting under. The doctrine that I'm hearing is sound coming from the pulpit, from the preacher. Not just because I know the not because I know the man because I don't I haven't been up here in Kentucky that long, but because the Holy Spirit teaches me the the Word of God spending time with with him in intimacy and quiet time studying the Word of God, but when I was talking to the brother about the doctrine of the church, I mean they don't even believe in the rapture of the church and I forgot what terminology uses now. There's so much terminology out there. And that kind of grieved me a little bit. But I just sat there and listened. And let the Holy Spirit do his work to me. That's a doctrine of man that has crept into the church. That's interpreted the word of God. Per what makes man feel. And it fears for me that they, they could miss the rapture of the church. And don't believe in Daniel's 70th week it's just like that's just communication there's so much factor and all it takes is one Pharisee, one priest, one wrong teaching one miscommunication that we didn't sit before the Father any one of us can stumble there any one of us can become can fall into the error that the Pharisees and the religious leaders by listening to our flesh and not letting our flesh be crucified every single day there's none of it, us is too strong or too weak to do it when you look at first corinthians chapter three the warning that was given about carnal kind of christians and the context that runs into the last couple of verses in chapter two where it says we can interpret it to make it look like paul went to the corinthians church but we can't remember brothers and sisters the whole Word of God, all 66 books, was not written by man. It was God's inspired words written through submitted vessels. We got to stop saying, Paul wrote, Peter wrote. They were just like you and I. But they were submitted, broken. They had to be broke first, they had to be emptied out. We need to stop looking at the Word of God as written by men, because that's where we get into error. And the only way to do that is like, I'm still learning, because I ain't there yet. And I don't think anybody can claim we're there yet. We need to look at the Word of God the way it is. God's Word written by Him. Whose hand He chose to write it through, that was his choice. We don't look through that eyes. Anybody who tries to say needs to step out of the flesh and get back into the spirit. You, know, We are now, yes, we're still in t- these temporary fleshly bodies. The flesh, look at Romans chapter 6. The flesh has been crucified already on that cross with Christ. The cross the believers. So we need to walk in the spirit and by the spirit. When we start getting an idea we think we need that's why we need to test the spirit to see if it's coming from our spirit or God's spirit. It says that in first John. So we need to get beyond that. Or we will become like the Pharisees. We will become like the priest. What does God say through Peter when he says, We are all kings and priests I think it was through Peter. I'm not sure, quote me on it. Help me if I'm not correct me, please. As brothers in Christ. I think it was for Peter. Um, and if we're all kings and priests, that may be revelation now that I'm doing it. But you can look it up yourself, so please do and send me an email to correct me. Or if this is on Facebook or whatever. Shoot me a Facebook saying your revelation, help me out here. Um but then again, but look at that. You get back. Do we wanna be like the cardinal believers? That we want to be like those who God can truly use. Those that 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 walk by the Spirit every single day. When we stumble, God picks us back up, dusts us off, and sets us back on the right path. Corrects us, chastens us when we have to. I want to be chastened by the Lord. I want to be caught. I don't want to let my conscience become seared like a hot iron, like the Pharisees. I mean, just meditate on these verses. Meditate and look at what, how sternly the Lord chastened his own religious leaders in Matthew 23. I mean, oh, just many them, all what they were doing. I mean, you know, verse number 27. I mean, calling them, they're like whitewashed tombs, which out, out really appear beautiful, but within are full of dead men's bones and all uncleaners. it reminds me of uh, growing up how Every Memorial Day, we went to visit the graves of uh, my ancestors that went before me. Uh, those that were in the military and those not. Even Memorial Day, how we remember those that are dead. I it says, they're dead. They're gone. I mean, and how I'd grown up uh, under religious doctrine. And that wasn't the only doctrine. And that's not the only doctrine that does that, brothers and sisters. It's church deeply out there most other doctrines you can find it the inner city churches rocked with it. They remember the dead. Where in scripture does Jesus say Remember the dead? The memorial he tells us to have is his, is what he's done in our life. The testimony of Jesus Christ for each and every one of us. Those are the memorial stones we have. Um, those when we look at when we go into the cemeteries, I mean they're not even bones anymore. They're probably dust. We don't know. You, none of us are going to go out there and dig one up to see and don't do it. Uh, obviously, I'm not challenging, I'm not saying anybody to do it. Uh, I'm not my dude do it either. Uh, I'm not going to do that much work anyways. Um, to go six feet down. Uh, and that would be more, but anyways. But, um, they are, they're just that. How many? How much money do we waste on a fancy coffin putting into a body? With, they didn't even do that in Jesus' day. When that's just a body the soul is someplace if it was if they were saved they're in heaven with the Lord um, if they're dead they're in hell no way out period in the no story. I mean it's the soul we need to be looking at out there you know we don't talk to either one of them um, we got to talk to the Lord alone period they can't you know our deceased ancestors cannot help us once you know, any longer look on they were human they were mortal like we were And, thankfully, they were saved. If not, too late. They can't get, you know, there's no redemption after that. There's doctrines to to teach. Otherwise, that's the doctrine of devils. And it needs to belong. You see people that have memorials on the back of their cars to remember their ancestors. That's false. That's heresy. That's a religious, that's a Pharisee leader. It makes nothing to remember the dead. The dead cannot help us. You there is one verse that's coming to mind. I can't remember where it's in one of the Gospels. It's when the ladies, uh, I think one of the Marys, went to the tomb to anoint the body. That's one of the versions of it. I can't remember which one it is. I don't know if it's Luke or Matthew or Mark or John. I don't remember which one The before when the angels of the Lord, there were there. And he says, why are you looking for the dead among you? I mean, why are you looking for the living amongst the dead? I mean, they went to a tomb when the body of Jesus was buried. He was only there three days. And that was on his body out there. He was, and he told his disciples, I will raise up three days later. I mean, he even told them he built this church. And, he, and it came to pass. He is not dead. He is alive. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Shalapatara. Uh, I just like you, but that's like, we need to stop looking at the Pharisees. They want to keep. Looking, they want us to keep remembering them. They want to build memorial to the dead. They want to remember the dead. They want to whitewash. I says, Where is that in Scripture? I mean, I want to remember the living. My God is the only true and living God. My Lord is now at the right hand of the Father, and in, in, in the Spirit, He dwells in me, and He dwells in you. You, if you're born again, praise God, and He's coming again for us. He is not leaving us homeless down here, but He works through me to reach those that He wants to reach, that He wants to save. That's just like, so again, Lord, let us, brothers and sisters, let us ponder this question do we want to be like the religious leaders and hate Jesus? hate the name of Jesus and all about the bottom just because we want our name to be lifted up. And our flesh to be exonerated. Oh, do we want to lift up the name of Jesus? I mean, brothers and sisters. I mean, I don't... I mean, this message is being delivered by a very weak person. I mean, that's why I'm thinking, I mean, we can't adequately, no minister can adequately prepare for a, um, first sermon, because the flesh is going to want, even now, my flesh is wanting to heaven humming, because I don't, struggling, because I don't know enough scripture. Brothers and sisters, we can't know enough scripture, um, to adequately glorify God. It's only when we put our complete trust and faith in the Lord Jesus and when we have an intimate relationship. There is no man, woman standing in the pulpit anywhere on the face of this earth either now or in the past that was 100% in, in God's will and 100% um, that could ever speak the word of God with authority. There's, you know, Jesus is the only one that had that perfection uh, and until we ourselves get home finally Because again, this is not our home, I remind you. Stop living like this is our home. Uh, None of us could ever speak holy and perfectly. I mean, but it's just like, we need to spend intimate time with the Father. We need to listen to his, His voice when He's speaking to us, as He's teaching us His words. And as He gives the utterances, we have to speak. What He puts upon our heart, when we are willingly and obediently speaking what He tells us. Brothers and sisters, if we're truly in prayer to the Father, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna get prompted to speak. I've yet to find anywhere in the Book of Acts after they come out of that prayer time, out of that prayer closet, were they quiet? Never. God does not get the Holy Spirit out there just to set us still, set us up on a mantle, and just let us, you know, intercede just before people. Remember, our intercessor and the main intercessor. The Father will only listen to the Son. He, when He looks at us now, Scripture says as plain as day, He sees Jesus in us. He don't see us any longer. We ourselves, apart from Jesus, cannot approach the Father. He'll kill us. He'll cast us down, like, like never before, because we are nothing without the Lord Jesus. John chapter fifteen, he talks about. Think verse 5 I believe that's coming to mind We can do nothing Apart from him We can't even speak We can't even do that. Now we should not even be able to go into our workplaces We cannot be able to have A conversation on the telephone If we want to truly walk. I mean I can't do it I keep trying And when I try and do my job In my own flesh I'll get hurt, I'll fail I fail every single time. When God placed me in the inner city for those short terms, to this day, I love you. Know, I love His kids, but I could not have loved them with my own strength. That was a burden in their families. When I pray for them now, I cannot pray for them on my own strength. I cannot do. I could. I still am in awe that God could use me. To de, you know, to deliver even a smidgen of his message to inner city teenagers. I miss them. For those, those of you, you know people that are listening to this, that will take the time to listen to this, I love you like a passion. I miss you, but I'm where I'm supposed to be. I encourage you. Growing your relationship to God. Let it not be the words, just the words that I gave, but let it not be me, at all. Just remember what Jesus gave you to me. None of those words are mine. Grow in the Lord and let nobody get in your way. Let only the Lord guide you and direct you. And let us continue to pray for one another. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Jesus, For those that are in trial, still, I miss you, brothers and sisters, physically. But we got to willing to, we cannot hold to our flesh. We cannot hold to our, because that's a dangerous comfort zone when we hold to one church body. The body of Christ is worldwide. If, we're, if we only are willing to connect just to one part of that body in one particular city, then we have missed the whole God, word of God. We miss what it means to be the body of Christ. The body of Christ is not one portion of it in one city or one town. The body of Christ is not limited; has never been limited. That's what—that's another error the Pharisees want. The Pharisees want to build, and the pre, chief priest, in particular, body want to build their own body of Christ. If you got a man of God or a woman of God standing in a pulpit that only wants to worry about the numbers in his particular body, he's we he's strained from the word of God. God is not interested in numbers per se. He's interested in our hearts. God will move his body around as he sees fit. And he will give the gifts. There is no man or woman that can lay hands on another apart From Christ Jesus and impart a gift. There is no man or woman that has been able to lay hands on another and give a particular gift or start up a ministry. Brothers and sisters that have been we've all been entrusted with a ministry. It's called the Ministry of Reconciliation. And that's we are to only preach Jesus Christ and the cross. If you are preaching Jesus apart from the cross, you have strayed into another gospel. You have gone into comfortableness. Because apart from the cross, we would all probably be in hell right now, in dead. If the cross is not offending someone, an unsaved person, then it is not the cross of Jesus Christ. The cross. If the cross was not offensive to us, we didn't come to the right cross. If we get up to that's where a lot of Pharisees, a lot of priests in these last days have strayed. They pull back from the cross because it's gory, it's ugly, it's just it is but it means death, death to self. If you got a, if you're out there and you got a ministry, if you think you're trying to draw numbers, uh, whether it be in the inner city or the suburbs. There's no is no other. You were there in the inner city or the suburbs, uh, and if you're trying to draw young people into your ministry or even the older into your ministry, if it's if that is based on that one, you're trying to draw people in and don't wanna preach Jesus and Him crucified and the cross of Christ and not willing to stick with the cross. Then you're trying to glorify yourself. You're trying to make money. On ministry. And those ministries will fail. Eventually. Every. Single. Time. They are not. Of. God. The Pharisees type of ministry. Will die. They're not of God anymore. When man got in a way. I myself have to get out of the way. Every. Single. Day. I have to learn. When I hear I'm working around Friday night, I was in the midst of younger people, younger than I, with uh, that leaves a wide window because I'm an old man. Um, for young people that want to comment, I'm old out there. Shoot me that on Facebook. I'll give you a comment there. <laughs> uh, That I mean, that's all I was listening to, standing on that, we see dark line I mean, cuss this, wear that. I mean, I did that when I was in college. I mean, they don't realize that they're offending God. I mean, it's just like a say person. When I, I mean, every letter, cussing out of his mouth. I mean, I'm sitting there in the midst of that, pretty much on both sides of me. Uh, surrounding me. Some were managers, some were supervisors. I mean, we're going to be offended. I mean, it just caused me to pray more as I'm doing the job. I mean, for ten hours I had to endure that. For uh, well, most of the ten hours, you know, I had lunch and break and then I mean, that's the world, people. But if they don't see Jesus through us and in us, we need a decrease, as John, as John the Baptist said. So Christ could increase. If if Christ is not increasing in us, then we become a Pharisee or a chief priests like that. If people are just liking us too much out there, if they're not getting a little pricked, then the Holy Spirit probably is not working through us. And if the Holy Spirit's not working through us, we got a problem. We've strayed somewhere in the canality and we need to repent and get back. It can happen to any one of us. We're gonna get dirty. If we're not getting dirty when we walk out our doors every morning out there, uh, then we're probably already dirty. Um and we'll close right now after because it's just like I mean I just feel like Lord wants to close and wants all the things. I'm gonna close with a prayer. Father God in the name of Jesus. I pray that for myself and for those brothers and sisters in Christ that are listening to this message. Let us take the heart, let us not be kind of Christians as you would um, written in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 let us walk by you you Holy Spirit each and every day let us be your vessels of your light because you are the light we are not the light you are the light I ask you brothers and sisters and along with myself to search our hearts and to make sure that we are truly living out and proclaiming the gospel your gospel and only your gospel each and every day. Make sure that we haven't become Pharisees and chief priests that are worried about ourselves and our material things in this earth, which is passing away and will pass away and will be redone. And may you save somebody through us today, or if we listen to this at nighttime, tomorrow, if you should give us tomorrow. You could save somebody to us, Lord. Let that let your godly soul come upon somebody that leads to repentance. And may um, we rejoice all in your name, Lord. Let us not be kind of Christians. And encourage you, brothers and sisters, to follow after you, Lord, and not follow after a man or a woman in the pulpit or in the classroom teaching, because they are just a weak vessel, just like, just like they are. Let us instead test the spirits that are out there because we are in the last days and you are coming in again soon. Let us only abide in you and you alone, Lord Jesus. And I encourage the young people that are listening, Lord, let us not follow after the generations that are before them that have once again embraced religion that you delivered us out of when you ordained this nation. Let them only embrace you, Christ Jesus. Let them learn to wrap their arms around you each and every night. Let them give them strength to do their homework in in school efficiently and effectively to glorify you in it and to get it done quickly. But let them hunger and thirst for you and after your righteousness and not after a man or a woman in a ministry or a pulpit. Let them just embrace you. Let them grow in your grace. Let them see your face. Let them hunger like Abraham did, or Moses did, or Paul did, or Peter became to grow in that. Uh, let them grow in your grace and in your word. And let them glorify you my campus. Let them not fear man. Peter and John didn't fear the Pharisees. When they told them not to preach in Jesus, they still preach in Jesus' name. Let them not be afraid to pray over their meals at lunch. Even if they're told, let their parents or parents, if they're single parents, also embrace you, Lord Jesus. And if they get called from the principal because they're praying over lunch, let their parents stand up saying, My child will pray over lunch. If they believe in Jesus. I believe in Jesus. I won't embrace it. Let them not fear expulsion because God is with them and will protect them. There is no law written. And our books against that. That's the right. People will hate it and take offense to it. Again, that's that taking offense to the cross of Jesus Christ. Let them do like the first believers did in Acts and rejoice. Let those employees that are afraid of losing their jobs, if you give them an opportunity to share their faith, Let them not, let them remember what you tell us and says, better be that fear you than fear man. I says, if you've given somebody an opportunity, then you can also give them favor and remind them that there is nothing in scripture that says when you give those opportunities to run from those opportunities. There's also nothing in scripture that talks about being a silent witness. There's no such thing. We're either for you or against you. And encourage me to be filled with the Holy Spirit and with that infilling. To be a bold witness for you on Amazon.com for these last few weeks here. And may I be a witness to you in this community in Kentucky. And may I clearly hear you as to where I am to go next after this. In Jesus' name. Amen. Love y'all. Keep it tough, please.